We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. I'm Joe Bartle, and welcome to the inaugural edition of Fantasy Bites, a short and concise podcast which will tackle a number of fantasy issues in baseball, basketball, football, and a handful of other sports on occasion. In today's episode, I'll be discussing three players that deserve an honorable mention for their respective down seasons, as well as running through the top three fantasy football busts of 2019 and whether or not they can rebound for 2020. Keep in mind while listening, the top three biggest bust list was compiled with an idea the player could only miss up to two games to qualify any longer, and someone could argue that injuries played a major part in their bad season or whatever else. Without further ado, let's get started. Honorable mention. Joe Mixon is one of the first guys that should be on this list. Uh, just 430 total yards and three touchdowns. Just three. Through the first eight weeks of the season. He did finish with nearly 1,300 total yards, only slightly off of last year's figures. And of course, the Bengals were obviously the worst team in the NFL this past season. So eight touchdowns is not too bad. But most of that came, if not all of that came, towards the latter half of the season. Production that looked even better on your buddies. Ninth place fantasy team. Honorable mentions. If I extended the injury list to three games, David Johnson would easily have been number one on this list. I'm sure for many others out there listening, he is the biggest fantasy disappointment of the year. I got bamboozled as well. I was suggesting at the beginning of the year, the Cardinals back was a part of a big five. Five initial running backs could be drafted. Saquon Barkley, Christian McCaffrey, Elvin Kamara, Ezekiel Elliott. They were among that group, David Johnson being the fifth. Kamara was a bit of a disappointment. Zeke, we were concerned about the suspension issues. All that being said, David Johnson was firmly in that group. After a 2016 year in which Johnson accumulated almost 2,200 total yards and 20 touchdowns, he's gotten exactly 2,191 total yards and 16 touchdowns combined, combined in the ensuing three seasons. Dislocated wrist, that ended 2017. 
a horrible offensive game plan and just overall badness from the Cardinals, well, that ended this 2018 campaign. We could pretend injuries played a part this year, and it's probably at least a factor. But in an offense that was supposed to be revolutionary with Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray running the show, DJ was hardly a productive option on a per-play basis, averaging under four yards per carry in four of the first six games before suffering that fateful ankle injury. Of course, we all know how that went afterwards. I don't really need to go into too much detail. The Chase Edmonds show happened. Then the recently traded for Kenny Drake show happened. He exploded onto the scene. And at this point, it's not just Johnson's stats as a Cardinals running back that's up in the air. It's his career. Safe to say I'm not going to be making the same David Johnson mistake in 2020. Honorable mentions. Another special shout-out should go to Juju Smith-Schuster, who would belong in this list if, I, if not for the category of the injuries that I mentioned earlier. And I think he probably belongs in the list because he was considered around the same spot, at least at the end of August drafts, near Mike Evans, Delvin Cook, Devontae Adams, Julio Jones, Travis Kelsey, Michael Thomas, Tyreek Hill. They were all a possibility to take at the back end of the first round, early second round, where his ADP finally ended instead of Juju Smith-Schuster. Those guys are all difference makers and potentially league winners for you. And Juju Smith-Schuster was a part of your 9th, 10th, 11th, 12th place fantasy team. The Steelers were also working with, and we can call it questionable best, talent at the quarterback position for much of the season after Big Ben went down. But for a guy that was considered one of the top 10 wide receivers in the NFL, surely he could have done better than 42 receptions, 552 receiving yards, and three touchdowns with a paltry 58.3% catch rate, right? He even played the majority of his snaps in the slot, which should have at least boosted his totals in PPR leagues to a respectable fantasy level. At the end of the day, two things can be true. A, Juju Smith-Schuster is not an elite tier wide receiver in the NFL. B, he can be an elite tier fantasy wide receiver in the right offensive situation. Here's hoping the return of Ben Roethlisberger and an overall healthier offense for the Steelers can help Smith-Schuster become a potential fantasy steal in 2020. Without further ado, let's get to the top three fantasy disappointments, busts, whatever you want to call them, in the 2019 football season. Number three, David Montgomery, average ADP, 20.8. Finished the 2019 season 24th among running backs in fantasy. Montgomery did generate just over 1,000 total yards and punched in seven touchdowns, but for a second-round pick in fantasy drafts who played a full season, this was a dreadful rookie campaign. Billed as a more explosive version of former Bears running back Jordan Howard, Montgomery put together an eerily similar 3.7 yards per carry. The exact same figure Howard registered in his last season with the Bears. Want to continue the similarities? Howard finished the 2018 season with 250 carries. Montgomery's rookie season? 242. If not for a meaningless Week 17 contest in which the Vikings defense simply didn't care, Montgomery would have probably finished well below 1,000 total yards, close to running back 30 in PPR leagues. Okay, so where do we go from here? I guess it depends on which version of the Bears' offense you believe in. The 2018 one or the 2019 one? Theoretically, a more explosive quarterback would be able to unlock more opportunities for the running game. Even Bears fans would say this is a bad offense in 2019, yet Montgomery posted similar numbers to Howard in what was probably a peak Trubisky-Matt Nagy offense. But it should be at least a little telling that players like Carlos Hyde, Adrian Peterson, and Sonny Michelle piled together more rushing yards than Montgomery did this season. Factoring in an optimistic draft view of the second-year player, why wouldn't it be better just to invest in whatever the 2020 version of 
Carlos Hyde or Adrian Peterson is at a significant discount rate. Or a better way of putting it, is the potential upside really worth a round five or lower selection for Montgomery when you can get the equivalent of Adrian Peterson or Carlos Hyde at some point later on in rounds 11, 12, 13, or 14 in 2020? And that's under the assumption the Bears do something different at quarterback, which feels fairly unlikely given how the organization has seemingly doubled down with the Trubisky offseason comments thus far. And we won't even get into what Kyle Long, former Bears offensive lineman, has suggested in recent days about what the Bears need to do to improve their offense. Hint, it's not a quarterback upgrade, that's for sure. Number two, Baker Mayfield, average ADP, 56. Finished the 2019 season 20th among quarterbacks in fantasy. It's ironic that the top three fantasy scoring quarterbacks, Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott, Russell Wilson, weren't anywhere near the top seven overall drafted according to their ADP at the end of August. If you wanted to go down even further, only Deshaun Watson was close to his actual end-of-season position, with Josh Allen and Jameis Winston rounding up the top six. So Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, Josh Allen, Jameis Winston. Those were your top seven fantasy-scoring quarterbacks. Sure, the Rodgers and Wences and Mahomes were all decent enough scorers, and yes, Mahomes was injured for portions of the season. But it reinforces the point that drafting QBs high is generally not a good idea. It's a conversation we're going to have to have in 2020 for Mahomes and Lamar Jackson, but not today. Baker absolutely cratered this season, and our 2019 fantasy magazine cover boy is probably the most public example of the fantasy community overreacting to offseason additions. But it's interesting to note Tom Brady took a similar fantasy nosedive in the 2018 season after being drafted among the top four quarterbacks entering that fantasy year. Different problems, of course, plagued the Patriots and Browns, but I entered this podcast thinking, how the hell could Baker not be the biggest fantasy failure, and then walked away from it after going over additional data. Freddie Kitchens is gone. Odell is reportedly healthy, or at least he had surgery to get healthy, and an expected offseason focus solely on the offensive line should help things along. Mayfield might not be the QB we saw his rookie season, but with different leadership and different expectations, it's hard not to assume he'll at least be better than quarterback 20 next year. I'm not saying Mayfield can have this sort of impact, but Mahomes was in that QB 12 to 14 range territory in drafts leading up to 2018. And Lamar, of course, was in that range 2019. It's conceivable to me at least that Mayfield could make a similar jump in 2020. Number one, Brandon Cooks. Average ADP, 40. Finished to the 2019 season 61st among wide receivers in fantasy. This could be born from frustration as I had Cooks in two different leagues, neither of which I really wanted him in. But Steven Sims, yeah, raise your hand if you know who Steven Sims is, nearly had as many points in PPR leagues as Brandon Cooks did. And Sims had eight games in the first nine weeks with less than eight offensive snaps. The whole Rams offense was an utter disappointment minus Cooper Cup, who really fell off the face of the earth after week eight at least receiving air-wise, and he still managed to finish wide receiver four in PPR leagues. And Gerald Everett, Tyler Higby, they were at least decent enough in the Rams' offense, mainly because the fantasy tight end position was such a wasteland for the majority of the year. But for a guy that had gotten at least 1,000 receiving yards in four consecutive seasons, it was stunning to see Cooks not even get 600 yards while only missing two games. The average depth of target was actually higher than last year when Cooks was actually decent for the Rams, so it's not as if he was being used in a different capacity, but a complete lack of rack yards, targets, and frankly catchable passes 
created a cataclysmically bad fantasy season, especially when you consider his draft position. It's hard to believe the volume will really tick up to a point where Cooks' per-play value is anything more than a fantasy luxury version of Deshaun Jackson, at least on the Rams. It's possible a team could look to move from Cooks in the 2021 season, particularly with the prospects of the cap albatrosses like Jared Goff or Todd Gurley, unlikely to be moved. But that doesn't make Cooks an intriguing fantasy option for 2020, or at the very least, he's more like somebody I'd want as a wide receiver three or a worthwhile roll of the dice in a best ball league. Of the three biggest fantasy disappointments, Cooks seems like he's in the least favorable spot entering next year. But the Rams could choose to move on from Cooper Cup entering the 2021 year and keep Cooks as a potentially dangerous number one option for the team in 2021. That's all so far away. And when you review how Cooks operated this year and look to how the Rams operated this year, it's hard to feel really confident about his stats moving forward. He's not really even a buy low candidate for me. He's a stay away. And I think that's really what the majority of this list ends up being. Well, that does it for us in the first episode of Fantasy Bites. We'll be back again to talk more fantasy baseball, this time highlighting the three best buy low hitters entering the 2020 season. 